Okay, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, uh, get to find out about what's going on in other parts of the world and stuff like that. Welcome to the social distancing edition. <laughs> I mean, I'm recording this episode on March 19th and uh, we're right in the mix of the whole COVID-19 coronavirus oh, yeah. thing. And I know a couple of people had sent me emails. Oh, you know, why not do an episode about coronavirus? You know, I'm trying to get a, a health worker on the podcast or on episodes kind of like explain these things. But, you know, two things about this. You know, a bunch of you have already heard a lot of stuff about this. Like every Twitter post, every Facebook message, everything's about coronavirus. So you know what to do. Wash your hands, practice social distancing, don't touch your eyes and face, and nose, you know, things like that. You all know that. But hey, we might just do one episode for that. I kind of want to stay on brand with this whole culture thing. Uh, having said that, welcome to the podcast, Mo. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Sure, sure. Definitely more Sadi. How's your, how's your week been so far? Uh, uh, I work as a filmmaker, uh, so I don't know how much flexibility in your job you have on a normal day, but you know, regular people like work like nine to five, been at home and been driving us nuts. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say the coronavirus did, as a matter of fact, affect every single field, not just, you know, um, the food industry or if you work at a cafe. I mean, I worked for a cafe for the past couple of weeks just, you know, to get ends meet. But um, as, as a filmmaker as well, because I rely on freelancing and uh, social gatherings and people, you know, coming along together and that's basically not happening. So uh, it definitely affected everybody. So it's been quiet, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those people listening to this uh, audio version of this, we are actually recording this remotely. So we're not in the same location. <laughs> I really appreciate Mo for doing that because we're supposed to meet up uh, somewhere. But due to the whole COVID-19 thing, I think they yeah. shut down that building for a few weeks. So, you know, we're just doing this uh, remotely. For Thank you for doing that, Mo. Of course, of course. What, what has been the thing that surprised you the most about this uh, coronavirus? Like it didn't hit home for a lot of people till, I don't know, maybe the NBA got canceled or maybe they went to the store and weren't able to get toilet paper. Is there yeah. something in particular that, that was surprising to you? That, oh, I know that there's this virus out there, but wow, I never knew yeah. it affected X, for instance. Yeah, um, I would say, uh, you know, it's been going on for what, like two months now in China and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, really felt it. Uh, just like I said, I worked at a cafe for about uh, two weeks before the whole shutdown. And, I, and it, was, it was my friend's cafe. And I remember the traffic. They had a lot of traffic. had people coming in, buying drinks, coming out. And when I worked there, the first uh, five days were, were all right. And then the following days were, you know, just dying every single day. We get less people. And I'm like, no, wow. this is really affecting everybody. Yeah, tell um, me about it. Yeah, yeah. And the past couple of days that I, last couple of days that I worked there was completely dead. And I was like, yep. People are freaking out. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it was your friend's cafe, but what, what are you doing right now? Are you like on temporary furlough or are you... What? Yeah. Uh, for now, I'm, I'm basically doing like freelance gigs. Um, the majority of my work is freelance. I contract with, uh, with multiple production houses here in Denver. Um, and, you know, whatever the... Either ask me to go film or to edit. So, you know, it's really cool. I, my, most of my work is from home. I work from my computer, which is, which is amazing. Um, I have a side uh, personal YouTube channel that I'm continuously working on trying to make something out of it mm. but what's, yeah. what's that going to be about uh basically filmmaking it's, it's the majority oh, of it is filmmaking nice. photography yeah yeah it's really really nice okay i like it i like it yeah. doing the gary v style huh yeah yeah <laughs> all right so uh, mo is actually from jordan 
And uh, a bunch of Americans that hear this know it's not the shoe. Uh, Jordan is an <laughs> actual not. country in the Middle East. I have to say that, you know, you, you'd be surprised. About yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm happy to talk to someone from Jordan. I mean, uh, I spoke to someone from, quick fun fact. So the first person I actually did an interview with for right. this podcast, you know, exploring other cultures was my friend, uh, Gada Al-Rifia, and she's from a neighboring country, Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Initially, this podcast, the first like nine-ish, ten-ish episodes, you know, I had a co-host and we're just talking about our experience as Africans, um, mm-hmm. Western Central Africans in the U.S. But, you know, that there was a time period when, you know, my co-host didn't show up and my friend Gala was there, like, oh, let's talk about Saudi Arabia. And, you know, that was a very huge episode and I was getting all these sex messages from Doha or emails <laughs> and things. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, that's why I just, you know, pivoted and, you know, started doing things about culture. Right, uh, right. T- talk to me about growing up. How is it like, you know, growing up in the Middle East? Did you grow up in Georgia? Let me start from uh, Yeah, so I was basically uh, born in Syria, mm. and then which is um, also mom, a neighboring country. Yeah, yeah, which is also a neighboring country. Uh, back in the day, a lot of Jordanians and Syrians would, you know, get married and all that. You know, people would, you know, go around <laughs> find wives and husbands. It's kind of funny, but mm. yeah, I was born in uh, in Syria, um, and then you know, my father, my dad is from Jordan, so we ended up, uh, you know, I was you know born, raised. I mean, born in Syria, raised in Jordan. Um, but yeah, well, your mom is Syrian and your dad is Jordanian. Yes. Correct. Uh, it's a good thing you said Jordanian, because in my mind yeah. I probably would have said Jordanites or something. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing you corrected me there. Is that yeah, a common yeah. thing to do? I know Jordan is uh, you know close mesh country. Let me not say close mesh. You know you have Syria right there. You have like Israel. You have uh, I think right. South, Saudi Arabia. You have like Lebanon right. close by. Yep. Common to kind of like leave Georgia and go to other countries to either work, get married, or do business? Yeah, I would say it was it was more back in the day where people used to go to Syria a lot. You know, and now you can't technically go. But yeah, it was more of, you know, people going to Syria and Lebanon because, you know, the borders were kind of close. I mean, it's it's what? To go from my house in Jordan to Syria, to the middle of Syria, it would take you about four hours or less. Um, so you think about it, it's not that far. Okay. Do, do you uh, yeah. need like a special visa to go in there? So I'm from West Africa, right? I'm Nigerian. Yeah. And yeah. we have something called ECOWAS, which is the Economic Community of West African State. As a Nigerian, I can go to like any country in West Africa, technically right. without a visa. I just need a mm-hmm. passport, get stamped, yeah. and you know, I move around. Do you yeah. have something similar for that region? Well, yeah, it's the same thing. You don't need a, any sort of visa. You just need your passport. Um, you're basically good to go. Uh, you just pay a fee uh, at the border, which is like, what, 15 JDs, which is about 20 bucks. 15 what? 15 JDs, that's Jordanian dinars. Dinars. Oh, that's yeah. uh, dinars yeah. is also, I guess, is, is different from the UAE. Dinars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah, uh, okay. they're different. Pretty interesting yeah. stuff. Uh, how long did you spend in Syria before you ended up uh, going to meet up with your dad in Georgia? How uh, long you? I can't really remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't much. I was basically just born, spent like a couple of weeks to a month approximately there and then you know we're we're in jordan uh because you know uh you follow your father's citizenship when you're in the middle east so for example if your dad is jordanian and your mom is syrian you get your dad's citizenship so i became jordanian and not syrian until today i'm not syrian uh yeah can Uh, you be a dual citizen can you get a passport from both countries uh, you can, uh, but you're, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up and somehow, um, but your mom cannot apply for you to become, to have her citizenship, mm. uh, which is kind of, maybe her kinda, brother, uh, an uncle or something. Yeah, nah, it just doesn't happen. So Damn. Least, what if yeah. your mom is like from, 
the the Qatar royal family or something. Like, how are you going to work? Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, that's that's where it gets weird. Um, not sure about different. Yeah, I'm not sure about other countries, but in Syria, you cannot do that unless your dad is Syrian. You become Syrian. If your dad is not, you're not Syrian. Got it. um, Which is weird, but okay. And why did your dad live in Georgia? Did he live in Amman? Yeah, yeah, he did. He moved. uh, His his great grandpa was in Palestine. Um, and then ended up uh, immigrating to Jordan because of the war and all that. And then, uh, you know, my dad became Jordanian, born in Jordan, all set, you know. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how many? How many siblings you grew up with? How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have one sister, currently living in Germany, studying theater and arts. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, she's so your family is pretty international. I mean, you're here in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your yeah. sister is in Germany. Is your dad back home? Is your, is yeah. your mom? Yeah, no, yeah. My mom, no, my mom is in Jordan. My dad is in Jordan. Uh, both of them are in Jordan. They're separated, but they're still in the same country. So, got it, got it. So, how was growing up like? Like someone like me, you grew up. Uh, soccer is a very huge thing where I'm from. I can yeah. imagine, you know, in some parts of the world, cricket is a bigger thing. You know, uh, horse riding is a bigger thing. What were some of the sports uh, you grew up playing? Tell me about school. You know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, what was your yeah. dad into? You know, was he a businessman and you took you all around the country? Was he in the military? Gotcha. Uh, was it? Was he uh, a professional? Gotcha. So uh, basically, um, just like you said, soccer. Soccer, they breathed soccer in Jordan. Mm, everything, oh, really? Everything is about soccer, man. They would fight over soccer. You know, they nice. would you know, get together over soccer. Um, it's the most dominant sport in Jordan. Um, me personally, I played soccer when I was in you know, middle school, I would say, up to, now, to when I was in middle school. But then I kind of stopped because I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but then, you know, eventually I, I learned about Ultimate Frisbee. We have a small Ultimate Frisbee scene in Jordan. Uh, mm. And we became the, um, the Middle East, North Africa champions past year. Really? You're is, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which is, which is huge. Um, the Bedouin Falcons, that's my team. Uh, you know. what, what was the name of that team? The Bedouin Falcons. Bedouin Falcons? Oh, yeah. Oh, shout out to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can look us up. You know, we, uh, we're trying to, you know, become, you know, play in, in more international tournaments. But for now, yeah, we're kind of uh, in the region, Middle East, kind of North Africa area. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like you said, I mean, um, Jordan, you know, soccer is big. Uh, schools are different than the U.S. Very, mm. very different um, in the sense where, um, you know, you take... You know, you go to school from seven in the morning to two o'clock, um, one break, the rest Wait, of the classes. You go to school from seven in the morning to two o'clock with one break. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't break. sound too different, but and go on. So far, yeah. I mean, you take three classes uh, and then you have a break for about 15 to 20 minutes and then you're back. Um, but then, you know, you don't leave your books at school. You have to carry around 12 books every single day going to school and back. Mm. Uh, Oh, so you didn't go to a boarding school. You went to a regular... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Regular school. I, was kind of, I, had to, I had to carry lots of books every single day. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah I, I remember that uh, for some parts of when I was much younger, like primary school, we call it. Right. You used to carry all these books. And at a point, you know, you got smarter. You're like, okay, what textbooks will I use today? Yeah. Uh, let me just take the two or three. And, you know, there might be a subject or a course where the teacher never uses that textbook. So, you know, you need to use that. And if you have notebooks, you divide them up. Okay, mathematics is from the left to the right. Uh, English is from the right to the left or something. Right, just, right, uh, right. Uh, well, the educational system. Um, so what is the lingua franca? Is Arabic like commonly spoken or English? Well, what's the national language in Georgia? It's, 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 it's Arabic, basically. Uh, Every single school in Jordan teaches English, which is which is great. Some of them uh, taught French, 
Uh, I mean, I took French for a couple of years. Uh, I don't know how to speak a single word, but I passed the test and I called it a day. I'm, I'm sure if you get if you get dumped in France, you will survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of those things come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh, I literally just like memorized that whole book that day, and I just passed the test. So. Got <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Arabic, that means uh, all the students write from uh, right to left, basically. All the textbooks yep. are, are yep. from right to left. Right to left. I- I've always been intrigued. Like, you know, our popular websites like we have in the world, like the Facebooks and the WhatsApps and the yeah. Googles and all that. How are they optimized for like the Jordanian like internet space? Is it different besides like the structure of Facebook, for instance? Is that totally yeah. different uh, like the Western I'm, Facebook? I have never used it in Arabic. But I've seen people use it. The only thing that I've noticed is that it's flipped. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have your name on the left instead of the right. So right, got it. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Google, how like they flip words and all that. Your search, when you search something on Google, your results come out on the left side. In Arabic, they come out on the right side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so to make more sense. And uh, yeah. Okay, pretty interesting. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. No, you're good. You talked about you know, playing Ultimate Frisbee. You want to explain that to a couple of our listeners? I mean, I have a colleague who plays Ultimate Frisbee mm. I mean, Thursday nights mm-hmm. uh, here in Denver. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how big the Ultimate Frisbee community is here in Denver. Uh, but mm-hmm. how, how's that played exactly? I know it's very athletic. You run a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in case a couple of people are interested in looking it up, you know, you put a couple of people who don't want to get into conventional sports uh, might, you know, Take up ultimate frisbee, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it started uh, for me the way it's uh, the way I kind of got introduced to ultimate frisbee is uh, basically back in Jordan. My mom um, hosts students that come to study abroad from the United States to Jordan. They come and study Arabic, to go to university for about a year, six months. Um, and one of them, you know, the one of the many students that came to our house, you know, was living with us, and she was like, "Hey, uh, is there like any ultimate frisbee pickup games in Jordan?" I was like. What the hell is Ultimate Frisbee? What are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell is a pickup game? <laughs> yeah, what the hell is a pickup game? Yeah, I, I had no idea what was, you know, what was that. And then she basically, uh, you know, showed me a couple of videos. Like, oh, it's like a, it's like a frisbee, it's like a flying disc. You throw it, you have to catch it. And I was like, oh, cool. And then she looked uh, a pickup group up in in, in Amman. It's the only pickup uh, Ultimate Frisbee pickup group in Amman. Um, and she was like, yeah, well, yeah, we should just go. And I was like, sure, I'll just join because you know I like to run and do do sports. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And uh, yeah, I just got hooked ever since. You know, I never stopped playing. I went on that one one game, and it, it hooked me. You know what I mean? So it's like a typical uh, the the tool of uh, the sport is kind of like a typical frisbee that you know people throw exactly. in the park, but it's a lot more fast paced. How many people are in each team, and what's goal of yeah. uh, like soccer? You know, the goal is to get the ball into the net yep. of the opposing side. What's the goal of ultimate frisbee, yep. and how many people per team? Um, uh, per team, we have seven players per team. And you you switch out um, after each point, um, and then you the way you get a point is just like um, American football. There's a, there's an end zone. There's an end zone line. Okay. Um, and then the thing is, you have to catch that disc in that end zone line in your opponent's end zone line. You and, have to uh, catch it. Can you run with the disc to the well, end zone? Well, that's the thing. If you have the disc in your hand or if it's in your possession, you cannot move. You can pivot on one oh, foot. Oh, you, you throw it from where you're standing. Where you're standing. You oh, can got pivot. it. So if you're right-handed, you cannot move your left foot as long as you have the disc. You if you're right-handed, you cannot move your left foot. Exactly. Huh. See opposite okay. foot to your, yeah. And this, this is at the speed of light we're talking because I see people catch that thing and throw it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, wait, so if you catch a disc, do people still run towards you to tackle you? 
Yeah, uh, ultimate frisbee is a is a zero contact sport. No one can contact you. No one can push oh, you. No one can shove well, that's you. That's good for Corona. Yep. Corona yep. Well, yep. I guess everyone is touching the frisbee, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the dumb part. Uh, oh, wait, so if you throw it to me, two people vie to catch the disc, but once yeah. someone catches it, then the other person lets uh, you. Exactly. Yeah, they start okay. defending them. Throws yeah, okay. the way the way defense work in ultimate frisbee is different than than other sports. The majority of other sports, you have a zone defense. Which you know, where players would stand in spots strategically to stop the other team, you know, from proceeding to a certain area. Okay. Um, in ultimate frisbee, we do have the same thing, but the majority of it is man defense, which is you're going to have that one player on your butt the whole time. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's going to be challenging you. He's going to be blocking you. Uh, you know, try to have you throw the disc in a certain area where his teammates are standing to block it. Oh. And, uh, it, yeah, it becomes a mind game after after a little bit of playing. Okay. Is there a yeah. coach that really comes up with tactics or is just like the captain oh, yeah. controlling the whole field? Oh yeah, no, you have you have you have coaches, you have you know team leaders that would come up with strategies and things to do. Um uh there is usually we don't have referees in the game, we have observers. Mm. You know, people who will, you know, um, you know, kind of step in if there's a big, you know, argument going on, um, but not really like referee the game. It's self-refereed. So if I think there's a foul, I call it. And there's that, that thing that is called the spirit of the game, which is amazing. The where, spirit of the game. Yeah, where you have to be yeah. honest, you know, you have to be nice. And then some tournaments actually take that into, into credit. So there's, at the end oh. of each tournament, yeah, they take, they take spirit points. So if the team was really nice and really organized and really honest, you know, they take you spirit points. Really? Ha, oh, yeah. But does it count for a lot? Have people used spirit points to like tip over the outcome of a game or it's just like a bunch of points here and there? That kind of uh, it, it depends on the tournament, to be honest. Mm. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a big, uh, you know, title to have your team be the spirit, the spirit team of the game, which is, okay. which is yeah, it's big. All right, so gentlemen play ultimate frisbee, spirit points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the point system like? Is it like tennis, like uh, love, 15, uh, 30, 45? Uh, yeah, you get, to, I think, to, to 14. And there's, you know, if you, if you get, depends on the tournament, but the majority of it is about 14 to 15, I, I believe. I'm not quite sure about that. Um, and one point per touchdown, kind of. Exactly. So you need okay. get a touchdown, you get a point. Got it, got it. Yep. All right, t- take me back to Jordan for, for a mm. quick second. Uh, so you were this kid, you know, was carrying books around, you know, playing soccer yep. all the time, later got into like uh, ultimate uh, frisbee. Yep. I mean, the time you moved from Syria to Jordan, uh, you were, you know, less than a year old, so you weren't like really conscious. Tell me the yep. first time you moved, talk about the first time you moved out of Amman, and that might be locally to a different city mm-hmm. in Jordan or maybe internationally. How old were you? Uh, what was the experience like? Where did you go to? Well, I would say the, the, the biggest move I've done was actually moving here, which was... Really? Oh, yeah, which was in September. The thing is about Jordan and where it's culturally different than the United States is that, you know, in the States when you're 18... You go to college, you probably never come back to your parents' house. Um, that's not the case. Uh, Jordan is is great, uh, but they put all of their focus on Amman. So Amman is the capital; it's the major city. Uh, but you look at different governorates—that's what we call them instead of states. Um, they're kind of um, lacking attention, I would say, unfortunately. So you don't see a lot of people leaving Amman to go to different places. You can see people, mm. you know, going coming from different places to Amman, to Amman. within Jordan. Yep, got it. Um, Do other places have international airports at all, or it's like Amman has a main airport? Uh, no. So right outside of Amman, about 20, uh, I would say 25 miles outside of the city, uh, you have Queen Alia International Airport, which is the, you know, this is where you take most of your flights. 
but the other um, airport that we have is a military airport. Um, Got it. You know, the only reason why I know about it is because, you know, I worked at the U.S. Embassy for about three years before coming here. So I used to go there a lot, you know, with the, with the, the army, you know, receive people, send people away. And yeah, that's, that's basically it. Okay. Okay. Uh, pretty interesting. So that means you, you came to the U.S. in the first time in September. That's like, what, seven months ago? Yeah. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh, really? Even and that, that was the first time you were leaving Amman uh, in a long time, like pretty much since you were a baby. Uh, no, I mean, I've left to visit other countries, but this is basically a move. This is my first move for me, living in a you know different place, you know, my own, my own, my own place, kind of, my own apartment. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. What were some of those uh, early countries you, you visited? Uh, when, yes. when was that? Was that when you were like a teenager kind of thing? Or how was that experience? How did you go uh, well, uh, Syria would be a place that I visited many a times because, you know, my, my grandparents lived there, my, 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 my aunts and my uncles lived there. Um, so it'd be like over summer break, every single summer, we'd go to Syria and come back until 2010 when the whole, you know, war thing uh, started. Uh, but other than that, I've been to Turkey three times, mm. uh, twice for breakdancing competition. Um, really? Breakdance. Oh, yeah. Who is this guy? Like, breakdancing? Break <laughs> He's a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Are you a Bond character? Dude, <laughs> what's <Yeah>, I, the deal? <laughs> I, I tried a lot of things in my life, and, and okay. they're, all, they're all good experiences. You know what I mean? Wow. Breakdancing competition in Turkey. In Turkey. You have to tell yeah. me about that for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the songs you guys were breaking to? Oh, they're funky old school hip hop beats mm. uh, that, you know, DJs. Grandmaster yeah. Flash kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's okay. the stuff, the good, the good stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So I went there about, you know, twice for a breakdancing tournament, once with my family just for fun. Um, I've been to Dubai twice, uh, once for a frisbee tournament and once for fun. No, wait. The other one was for another breakdancing competition, actually. In Dubai. In Dubai. Okay. Is there uh, anything Dubai doesn't do? <laughs> I know. I know. I <laughs> liked it. Everything. I like Dubai, but the one downside is is that it's very artificial. It's uh, it's not you know. That's what kind a of, lot of people yeah, say. Like a lot plastic. of people say, you know, it's just it's like like I don't know what countries y'all come from. Because look, I like yeah. to see new stuff. Like where I come yeah. from, like oh, it's a new city. You know, it doesn't have a lot of history to it. It's new. I'm yeah. like, yeah, give me a new freaking city. Give yeah. me new buildings and give yeah. me new. But that's just me. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you know to really dive into the history of a place and you know to be able to talk about Absolutely. things that have existed for hundreds of years. Uh, Dubai, maybe probably not that they don't have a history and culture, uh, but you know. Structurally speaking, maybe they don't have that just yet. Right. But Dubai, I know, can pretty... I'm sure they can make a 200-year-old building happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Less than oh, a year yeah. old, but it looks like a 200-year-old oh, yeah. oh, yeah. building. Wow. Um, yeah. what, kind of, what kind of songs do, do you guys listen to in Jordan as teenagers? Uh, do you have a lot of hip-hop influence? Do you talk about breakdancing? Uh, um, what are the popular songs uh, growing up or maybe when you were a teenager type thing? Uh, back right. Then? Right. Um, well, to me personally, uh, you know, I was, I would say that I was just a tad bit different than the other kids. I didn't really click with my, you know, uh, with my other friends when we were teenagers. Um, me, I really enjoyed hip hop. I enjoyed music. Um, but the majority of Jordanians, they would listen to national Arabic songs that cheer for the king and the country, which are mm. fun. They're, they're nice, but you know, I didn't really listen to them when I was a kid, but yeah, the majority of it is national um, songs that are uh, they're they're pretty hype, you know. If maybe I can send you a link, you can listen to one later. But uh, they're they're pretty nice. Um, is, Jer- is Jordan like uh, 
um, what's it called? Uh, does Jordan have like a presidential system of government or is more like a, uh, like a kingship uh, kind of system? Yep. It's, I'm uh, it's, forgetting that word. What word is that? It's like a royal, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, system uh, of government. Yeah. No, we, in Jordan, we have a king. Hmm. It's King Abdullah II. Uh, he's, he's amazing, in my, my, my opinion. Very diplomatic, very smart, very strategic. Uh, in order for him to lead to such a small country and have such a big impact on the whole region is huge. Mm. Wars going on, breaking off, and, and literally every single country around us, but still, we're in the yeah. middle, we're all set, we're good. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, like, like, exactly, like, literally every country around literally. us. Like Syria, Israel, and Palestine, like, Lebanon. Literally. Like, different yeah. things are happening. Yeah. Like, you guys are right there. Does Jordan have a port? Do you guys have a seaport? Or it's kind of oh, like yeah. in the middle? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so at least you guys don't depend as much on you. You can import your own goods and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, okay cool. Well, well, why did you end up uh, moving to the U.S.? What did you want to do uh, when you were growing up? Uh, did, did your parents uh, talk you into being like a doctor or engineer? Or you've always loved uh, filmmaking, wanting to be a filmmaker, you wanted to be a professional dancer or a sportsman even? What, what did yep. you have? Yep. What dreams did you have growing up? And how did that uh, affect you moving to the U.S.? Or did you just move to the U.S. based on an opportunity or something mm. like that? Well, yeah, I would say... Uh, just like I said, my mom and my dad had been separated for a long time. Um, so my, I, I lived with my mom my whole life and she had the biggest influence on me. Um, starting off, I would say as a kid, I've always wanted to become a cop, which is kind of random. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, cool. They look great. They help people. That's what I want to do. cop that's, in Jordan. Yeah. That's Got when it. I was a kid. Um, but I kind of grew out of it over time. I'm not sure why. Um, and then I was lost for a while. I was doing sports like crazy. I was doing break dancing, you know, I was, you know, doing gymnastics and all that. I'd go to the gym, uh, play soccer, play, you know, and then play ultimate Frisbee. But I would say, um, afterwards, uh, I kind of stumbled upon photography and cameras and all that. And I've never in a thousand years imagined that, you know, this is something that I'll be doing for a living one day um, mm. until, you know, my mom kind of noticed me enjoying, you know, taking videos with the old tape camera and all that. Yeah. And then she'd be like, oh, I'll get you a camera. And then she surprised me this one day with a really, it's, 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 it's a cute, small digital camera. I was mm. like, oh, yeah. She was like, yeah, just go, you know, play with it, practice, you know, enjoy yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, and that's basically what I did for, for a while. Um, and then, you know, I just... It, it grew up on me. I couldn't stop, you know, you know, taking pictures and, you know, learning that, you know, after taking pictures, I, I learned that you can go on the computer and edit these pictures and make them, you know, look amazing. And then this is when I realized that I can also shoot video and make it look amazing. And then, yeah. you know, it just, it's just a cycle. It, it got pulled into it. I love it. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Respect. Uh, and what, what are some of, what's your category? Like as a photographer or a videographer, do you like focus on like nature, wildlife, uh, um, I don't know, social gatherings kind of thing? Or do you do like professional models shoots or you like dip and dabble in a whole lot of different markets? Yeah. Um, well, just like you said, last thing with the, you know, I dabble in different markets. I, to me personally, if you're specialized in one thing, um, that's good. It's not bad, but there to me, and there's, there's beauty in everything. You know what I mean? There's beauty in people, there's beauty in nature, there's beauty in food, uh, uh everything, you know, you can always tell a story. You can't tell a story doing one thing, you know mm. what I mean? Uh, 
you can you can definitely tell a story doing multiple things. So I I, I just see you know whatever I enjoy, whatever my eye catches, whatever I think is beautiful. I just go ahead and and film it, take a picture of it, edit it, and try to tell a story through visual art, basically. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you came to Denver in September uh, last year, six, seven months ago. Uh, what, was it your first time in the U.S.? Uh, it was my second time in the U.S. Okay, the well, what was your first time? What city do you go to? This, the first time I came to the U.S. is um, I wanted to visit my girlfriend at the time. Uh, and it was in 2018. I think it was in March. Okay. In March of 2018. And I came and, you know, I, I visited Chicago. And when I first landed, I you know, landed in Chicago. And then mm. I came to Denver. Um, and then I proposed to my girlfriend in 2018. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, here. We, we How do you do that? Do you oh, get the pictures right? Do you get the short right? More? I, 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 have, I have a video of it, which is, which okay. is really nice. Uh, I was lucky. I was fortunate because I have a friend who was uh, a buddy of mine back in Jordan. Okay. Uh, who lives in the U.S. now. And, you know, I called him up. We're like, listen to me. I'm coming to the States. Uh, there's that one person I'm proposing. You need to back me up. I need somebody to be there with me. And he's like, oh, we're coming. He nice. hesitated. You know, him and his wife. Was just, he living in Chicago as well or he flew in? No, he, was, he lives in Ohio. He took nice, that plane nice. right away. Right or die. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's yeah. good. And I felt bad because we went skiing. I've never been skiing. In Chicago? No, in Denver. Oh, got it. Uh, yeah. Um, I've never, you know, been skiing. They've never been skiing. The only person who had a ski is my wife right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, it's a perfect spot. We can go up, you know, go up to that mountain. I can propose to her over there. And we're all set. Um, but yeah, uh, my friend had my ring in his pocket the whole time because, you know, I didn't want to fidget in my pocket and you know, look yeah. all awkward and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was having a hard time trying not to fall and a ring oh, wow. in his pocket. Yeah. He was like, if I lose that ring, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's unique, man. Proposing on a, on a white snowy mountain, yeah. and, you know, which close friends. Is there any unique way of proposing right now? Like, I don't know, like how much, like, I guess, how did your fiance react like days later? Uh, did she, was she like overwhelmed? Because I feel pressure sometimes. It's like, oh, like, these girls want us to spend like a year thinking about the perfect thing and, you know, talk yeah. to them about the perfect moment, make sure that their hair is done, their nails are done when we're proposing, yeah. you know, all that stuff. It's kind of like, why can't we do it like the old days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, things were simple. Uh, but, you know, I can't stress enough how, how supportive my wife is, to be honest. She, you know, she, she didn't really, um, you know, care about the looks and, and you know, how expensive the ring was, for example, and where we did it and how we did it. You know, we just, you know, loved each other and we were like, okay, we're in this together. You know, you know, everything is perfect when we're together. So that's nice. That's me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's so sweet. Did you guys move from Chicago to Denver? Uh, what brought you guys to Denver? Uh, well, she is from Denver. Oh, got uh, it. She just happened to live in Chicago at the time. Yeah, no, she was in Chicago visiting uh, for about like a couple of weeks with her friends because she knew I'll be landing in Chicago. So she wanted to catch a train with me from Chicago to Denver so I don't do it, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's, that's pretty nice of her. And then, yeah, she was there hanging out for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So you've been married for a couple of months now. Any advice for us uh, young ones who want to be like you uh, when we grow up? Uh, what's uh, <laughs> yeah. what's that virtue you think we should start working on uh, before we get married? Uh, how are you um, doing? I, I didn't expect... Uh, to get married. I mean, I'm 24 right now, uh, but I didn't really expect to get married, you know, 
in my mid twenties, I was like, oh, I can probably push it to you know late twenties, maybe early thirties. Uh, but you know, when you meet the one, the one you, that is the one, and you can't miss that chance. You know what I mean? Facts. Um, yeah, yeah there, man. for sure. And if you've ever feel that, oh shit, like I'm with this person and I feel awkward and I'm not comfortable in how life is, then it's not the right person. True. Period. True. You know what I mean? No argument there. And some people yeah. are lucky enough to you know meet that person earlier. Uh, some people yeah. have to wait uh, a little longer. But I do oh, yeah. agree with you. You know, you meet some people. Uh, and this is just human beings in general, not even oh, like yeah. a romantic relationship. You just meet some people and you just feel comfortable around them. And, you know, don't feel any judgment and they support you in what you do. You know, and things like Meanwhile, some people try to compare you with... Uh, uh, other people, people out there, but but interesting. Oh, yeah. Did you guys get married here? I'm, I'm not sure if she's Jordanian or not, but you know, uh, if she is, uh, did you guys get have a traditional Jordanian uh, wedding? Oh, we did not. Uh, no, she is fully American. Uh, the I met her in Amman, actually, in Jordan. Mm. Uh, she as well. She was going to ultimate frisbee practice because she's oh, a nice. new American student in Jordan. Oh she man, watched. I need to get into ultimate frisbee, huh? <laughs> yeah, it seems like the little gentlemen on the field they attract the ladies, huh? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, basically studying Arabic, and uh, one day she came to frisbee, and I had a crate literally full of discs, full of frisbees. And then she came up and she looked at me. She's like, oh, are you playing ultimate frisbee? I'm like, no, I'm playing soccer. You know, what do you mean? I have a bunch of discs in my yeah, head. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure she still uses that against you right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she does. She does. <laughs> um, but she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. And then, you know, we talked for a little bit. You know, we tossed a disc around. We warmed up together. And I talked to her. I was like, oh, like, welcome to Jordan. What brings you here? And all that. And uh, yeah, and I was like, hey, if you, I'm a local. If you need any help, just like, you know, let me know because, you know, you know, you're you're a new person here. You don't know anything, and it's a completely different place in the states. Um, yeah, it, it almost seems like like you guys get. And when I say you guys, I mean Jordanians get a lot of international visitors because first things first, you're surrounded by four or five different countries, and it's just like the one place in that region that's relatively peaceful. So anyone maybe probably going to any of those regions will probably stop there mm-hmm. and make their way up. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it common to assume or is it right for me to assume that uh, growing up as a young Jordanian boy, even though you don't, you might not have gotten the opportunity to visit other countries, but you still tend to assimilate other cultures just based on the tourists and business people that come in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Um, I remember ever, ever since I was a kid, I mean, I've seen people, I've seen Americans, you know, I've seen Africans, I've seen Asian people um, all around, literally all around. I remember this one day, actually, I was, uh, I was in third grade and, uh, you know, me, me and my a buddy of mine were, you know, playing on the old, you know, PlayStation 1, you know, having a lot of fun. Oh, which one? Uh, which game? Which game? Tell me yeah, about uh, it. Winning 11? Yeah, no. Oh, Winning 11, I played that game so Metal much. Gear Solid? No, which no, one? I, I was Crash playing. Team Racing? Crash Bandicoot. That's what I was playing. Oh, there we go. It was, there we it go. was oh my God, dude. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I remember my sister, um, she was really big into languages ever since she was a kid. She loved languages. She speaks about five languages right now. Oh, wow. And she lives in Germany. She lives I'll in Germany. I'll come in handy. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I remember two, um, two tourists from, uh, I remember, I think it was Korea, I think, uh, were completely lost. And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll bring you to my house and have you talk to my mom. She can help you out. And she was just like, a, you know, a little kid. She's two years older wow. than me. She, she was like, you know, fifth grade. Got it. And then they literally followed her up to our apartment. And I remember, you know, me looking, you know, through the crack of the door, you know, the door is a little open. I'm like, wait, who the hell are these people? And yeah, I walked out and I was like, who are you guys? And they were like, oh, we're just here for help. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So, yeah, I remember there's a lot of different people and, uh, you know, different cultures and backgrounds in Jordan. That's for sure. 
Oh, okay. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if you guys have had the chance to go on your honeymoon yet. I mean, your wife seems to be, you know, for her to go to Amman, I would imagine uh, she's been to a couple of other countries. Mm-hmm. Or is there somewhere you guys are looking at going to uh, as a couple on, on, a, on a trip? Maybe not necessarily a honeymoon, but just like a, a vacation or something. A vacation? Uh, the dream destination would be, would, would be for us, uh, would, be, would be Japan. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I've always wanted to visit Japan. I have a lot of friends who've been to Japan. And yeah, Japan just seems like a cool place, dude. They're, I feel like they're 10 years ahead of everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's mind-blowing, so... Yeah, well, I, hopefully, you know, I get the chance to visit Japan. So I haven't really been... Have I been to anywhere in Asia? I don't think so. I have no, I, I haven't been, but yeah, I, re- I really like to explore uh, Japan, uh, but, you know, Southeast Asia as well, you know, uh, yeah. Vietnam, Laos... Yeah. That whole corridor there, uh, I, I really love to to experience. It seems like a very interesting uh, vacation spot. Thailand also, but but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, what's what's in the future for you, man? I mean, are we gonna see you directing hip hop videos in the future? <laughs> do I do I need to get your autograph right now? So when you <laughs> like, yeah, I knew him back in that. Well, what should we expect from you, man? Uh, my, my literal goal, um, you know, to a lot of people would be like, oh, my dream is to, you know, become this or to, you know, do this. And, you know, but to me, you know, I would say, uh, it's just to, you know, live doing something I enjoy. Um, and I'm literally living my dream right now. So living a fulfilled life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you always try to grind and become better and, you know, grow, but you, you just can't think of the goal right away. Um, you know, to, for me to say, oh, my dream is to direct a movie uh, is, is one thing than me saying, oh, I want to enjoy the failures every day and the mess ups that I'm going to go through every day to become that person to be able to direct a movie. So that's how I kind of mm-hmm. live my life. You know, every day is a new day. Mess up every day. Enjoy yourself. Don't sweat it. And, well, would, know, it would it be safe to say you want to do be part of like documenting uh, moments in a way, whether that's through pictures or videos or something. Uh, I mean, I, I can't, you know, really, I'm not really in the position to interpret your dream, but will it be safe to say uh, you, you see yourself doing things like that sometime in the future? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have a lot of, you know, um, projects in my head of, you know, different things that I want to kind of shine the light on. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely one of them. I want oh, you want to be a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. every everything is a documentary because you're you're always telling a story. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and you, you know, you come from a region where you know there are tons of stories to be told. I can only imagine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Very interesting. We have this thing we do at the end of the podcast called Endgame, uh, okay. where we try to. Uh, deliberately uh, ask you a few questions or get you to explain some things about where you're from so to, to deliberately pass on information mm-hmm. uh, to some of our listeners about aspects of your culture. But before I do that, I, I mean, I'm Nigerian. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you have any questions uh, about Nigeria or something you've always thought of. I mean, I, I obviously don't represent the whole country, but as much as I can, I can respond. Or maybe if there's something uh, you want to you know, document, leave out there, uh, recorded on the podcast on this episode, talk to your future self, or maybe you just want to throw your social media handles out there, whatever you want to do, uh, just give you a few minutes to do that. All right. Uh, so I would say uh, the one thing I would want to say to myself in the future is uh, enjoy enjoy the mess ups as much as you can, uh, because you know because with no failure, you're not going to get anything done and you're not going to see the positives. Um, 
and don't get discouraged by it. So mm. yeah, that's number one. Number two would be my social media on YouTube would be Make Mo Arts. Um, that's Make M O Arts. Um, that's me on Art YouTube with an S. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Arts with an S. And then uh, to you, tell me if you can tell me about Nigeria because I've never been. I'm in, really, really intrigued to you know know more. Uh, I mean, uh, Nigeria uh, is a country in West Africa. Uh, it has 33 states, oh, wow. uh, a whole lot of cultures. Uh, so I bet. <laughs> yeah, we have like 300, almost 500 tribes, I think, 300 and somewhat ethnic groups, yeah. uh, almost two, more than 200 languages, uh, I can imagine. Uh, but, you know, the popular languages are Yoruba, uh, Hausa, and Igbo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the most populous black nation on earth. I think it's like the sixth most populous nation on earth after Pakistan, I think, mm-hmm. six or seven, uh, somewhere there. Um, like most part of the Middle East, East, we depend on oil, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Middle East supplies Brent crude. I don't think they do. Uh, yeah, if they supply Brent crude, we supply something called Bonnie, Bonnie crude, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a, a different version, the whatever who are petroleum engineers are listening to me. It's a different. So that's what uh, economy is basically driven on, uh, which is kind of shitty now that mm-hmm. Russia and China are crashing the oil prices or Russia and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Saudi Arabia, I think, or you know, one mm-hmm. of those countries are crashing oil prices. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's a very, uh, a country of, a, of very, very resilient people. I, I like to say we're pretty determined people. Oh, yeah. Whatever we choose to do, we set our minds to, we do it pretty well, whether that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. We're just born that way. Uh, hard workers, lots of beautiful people, uh, lots of opportunities. I really look forward to just the sheer size and talent in Nigeria, you know, from sports to entertainment, especially entertainment, entertainment, you know, covering sport and everything like that. We're, we're pretty much starting to dominate uh, all over yeah. the world, the boxing, soccer, yeah. uh, and things like that. So, so yeah, yeah. Whenever yeah. you come to Nigeria, if you want to go to Lagos, uh, which is kind of like the commercial capital, I mean, Abuja is kind of like the constitutional capital, but the commercial capital where, where everything happens is Lagos, Nigeria, which mm-hmm. is south, uh, right? by bordering like the Atlantic Ocean, lots of beaches, lots of fun things to do. You can mm-hmm. go there in December. We have a ton of like Lebanese people who live in Lagos. We have a ton of Syrians who live in Lagos. Wow. Like, yeah, a lot of people from those countries surrounding Georgia who kind of like, you know, fled the conflict. A bunch of them ended up in West Africa, in right. Nigeria. So, of course, because of that, I was introduced to shawarma growing up, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> stuff go. Stuff like that. So, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, if you, if you want to come, come to Lagos in December, man. Show yeah. you around. Yeah. Uh, what about Amman? Like, if I'm going there on a tourist visit, um, what do you advise uh, I do? What places do you think, as a tourist, is a soft landing to like uh, get into the food, the culture, the music, all that good stuff? Gotcha. Um, the one, the first thing you should be doing, you know, you don't worry about tourist attractions. They're literally everywhere in the city. You ask anybody, you have at least three, you know, historic places just literally like a block. Away really? from you. Oh yeah, wow. lots of history for such a small country. You have a lot of history. Okay, um, but I would say if you want to get food, authentic food, you land in Queen Ali International Airport. You okay. take the cab straight downtown. Okay, downtown and when I, Amman, Yeah, okay. when I say downtown, people imagine oh, you know the, the the you know the best scenery in all of Jordan. You know when it comes to nicer buildings and you know tall skyscrapers. That's not the case. It's it's old. 
it's, it's as old as it can get. It's historic. Uh, oh, it's really? very historic. You feel oh. like you're walking back in the 1950s or 1960s. Interesting. Uh, probably earlier than that. Um, you can find all the authentic food. All of that is... What's is a good. popular staple Jordanian dish that's in every household? Uh, the, I would say the traditional Jordanian dish would be the mensef. Mensef? Mensef. It's basically okay. rice, um, not yogurt, but sa- it's some sauce that looks like yogurt. It's salty. It's made out of milk as well, or...? It's, it's milk. It's, it's jimid. It's made of jimid. Jimid is basically a, um, a dried out, um, some sort of a yogurt, but you kind of boil it into that liquid and into, into basically a liquid form. And it just becomes really, really tasty. And it's thick? Um, oh, it's thick. Is it yeah. sweet or delicious? It's, it's very delicious. Okay. <laughs> very <good. laughs> Fantastic. So you mix yeah. it with the rice, uh, kind with of like you have the sauce on the rice, or you just kind of like mesh everything it, together? Exactly. Kind of. And then you put pine nuts on top of it and lamb. Mm. And then, and then pine you're, you're nuts pine nuts and lamb. Lamb. Yeah, like I, could, I, I watch a lot of like Middle Eastern YouTube videos about cooking. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Salt Bay and everyone around that. Like there's a ton <laughs> yeah. of things done done with like meat, like meat. Oh yeah. The way you know, I'm just used to like if I want to cook meat, I throw it in some water, throw it in the oven. But That's no, <laughs> there's this cave like kind of cooking place where you just right. hang the meat and the meat like rotates. Jesus. But it's like in a cave, then you cement it and close it, and like smokes the meat and brings out the flavor. I'm like Jesus. Oh I'm, like, yeah. That's amazing. Like yeah. I can imagine. That, that must be some delicious. Like, if Chawama can be this good and far away West Africa, I can only imagine how the meat oh. dishes in the actual Middle East. Uh, Bro, is, is, I, I miss it like crazy. You know what I mean? Every day I'm like, oh, I want some shawarma right now, but I can't go and get it. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, we have a ton of Middle Eastern restaurants here in Denver. It's not the same. Guess, but it's not the same, right? <laughs> it's not the same. I, I mean, it's, yeah. it's kind of good for me. It's not like me, but I'm sure you're yeah, used to the yeah, authentic yeah. stuff. So. The good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's still, still, still good food. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, real quick, uh, I mean, we've talked on the, about this before, but just to drill that home, do you want to talk about some of the countries that border uh, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only countries that I know about is uh, uh, basically Syria because it's the only country that I've been to that has a border with Jordan. Um, I wasn't fortunate to visit other places like, for example, I don't know, Iraq, Lebanon, and all of that. Uh, but for Syria, I remember growing up, it was like I would get so hyped to go to Syria uh, because, you know, number one, uh, you know, the people were very, very simple. You know, mm. away from the city, that when you start going to villages and all that, you just start noticing how simple people are and how honest they are. Mm. Um, and it was very green. It was, it was amazing. Uh, we lived uh, in an area, it's called Tartus in Syria. Katkus. Uh, Tartus, it's two Tartus. Tartus, got yeah. it. Yeah, um, and it's right by the Mediterranean Sea. Oh, wow. Uh, really close, yeah. And I remember from my uh, my grandma, my grandpa's house, I can go up all the way to the roof and see, literally see Lebanon uh, right in front of me. Um, got it. It's, yeah, uh, it was that close. It was just, you know, very beautiful. The people were honest, had a lot of friends. You know, you see chickens everywhere, you see cows everywhere, you see, um, you know, just nature everywhere, which was, to me, was mind-blowing and... Yeah, now it's, it's unfortunate what's going on over there, but it is what it is. Got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the Jordanian currency? I mean, you talked about the dinar. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the coin version of the dinar? How many of that make one dinar? And uh, uh, 
uh, I don't know. I don't want to ask about exchange rates, but uh, yeah, just talk yeah. about the breakdown, the denomination. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Much. We have so the currency is Jordanian dinars. Uh, we refer to them uh, just to you know cut some time. We say JDs, mm. um, and uh, you know we we you know how we have cents here in the states uh, yeah. and dimes and nickels and all that. We have Qursh, Qursh. So we have yeah. So a hundred a hundred of mid Qursh bhi dinar. Okay. Which is, yeah, meat qarsh equals a dinar. Uh, and then if you, um, for dollars, I would say if you have a hundred, if you have 70 JDs, it's a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah, so it's more more than dollars. Uh, okay, which, so an iPhone is like what? It's, 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 an iPhone is like 600, 500 dinars? Yeah, around that, around that. Which is uh, less than the euros, or maybe I should save in dinars, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate your presence here. Uh, we wish you well on your endeavors and um, your YouTube videos and your photography and everything like that. If there are opportunities for us to collaborate in the future, we would love to do that. Uh, pretty quickly, especially now during this quarantine period, is there any of your friends in town? I mean, you kind of like know what the podcast is about right now. Is there anyone you think would be willing to do like a remote recording of the podcast within the next one or two weeks? Or are you going to refer? Uh, oh, yeah. I can, I can definitely refer you to one of my Korean friends. If you're, okay. uh, yeah, he, uh, it's, he's that owner of that cafe that I worked at, T-Cloud, downtown Denver. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he would love to tell you more about Korea and the whole the bit how he, you know, well, he basically was born here, but all of his family's from Korea, you know, he can tell you more about his business and how he, you know, had this business in the first place. And, you know, he has, has a lot of fun stories, I bet. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, for listeners listening, uh, you can follow us, uh, Culture Class Podcast, uh, everywhere. It's Culture Class Pod on Twitter. Send us an email, cultureclasspod at gmail.com. Um, what I'm thinking about starting to do videos on YouTube. Uh, this is mostly audio, uh, but I have a couple of videos for the last, say, three, four, or five episodes. I might start, you know, putting that on YouTube. Uh, let me know what you think on social media, what you like to see. I just have a problem showing my face. Maybe I'll do like a grab <laughs> interview kind of thing where I'll just be back in the camera. Is <laughs> yeah, yeah. there, but. Yeah, let me know what you think about that. Uh, until then, stay safe. Uh, remember to pay attention to the CDC website and maintain a healthy lifestyle. Uh, practice social distancing and keep your community safe as well as yourself. All right, peace, guys. Peace.